and welcome to the ADHD podcast. I'm Tara Pratt and today we're talking about breaking through limiting beliefs and black and white thinking with ADHD. Um, Yes, we're still on the self-improvement road and I think that's the road we're going to take on ADHD. We'll definitely talk about the issues throughout and I think you've heard in the first couple of episodes that I do like to dip in and out of... um, the things that hinder us and tips to help you with that. But mostly I'm trying to push us forward. We're trying to be our best selves. Okay. So today we're talking about breaking through those limiting beliefs and, um, what are limiting beliefs? So basically when we are children up to the age, well, particularly the first few years, but I think it's cemented pretty much by the time we're seven or eight, we come into the world knowing absolutely nothing. We think we are wonderful. We know we're worth everything. We know we can do whatever we want. We come into the world as perfect little human beings. And slowly over time in those early years, we pick up beliefs about how the world works. And we pick those up from our environment, from the actions of people around us, the way people react and respond to us, the way things play out, our experiences, And it's all very logical. It's all to help us. It's all to help us to survive and navigate the world. So it's all a good thing, but it's not always necessarily necessarily 100% true. So a lot of the beliefs we pick up from our experiences actually, once we get into adulthood, hinder us and they stop us from progressing because what helped us as children, because we didn't have our own autonomy a lot of the time, we didn't have a lot of control now is still repeating and playing out in our behaviors as adults but it's actually a negative thing and it's holding us back from what we really want because it's trying to do a good thing it's trying to keep us safe but we are safe now we're adults we can look after ourselves so generally the limiting beliefs are can be developed through trauma and trauma is a really scary word but there can be big trauma like violence, physical abuse, and there can be small trauma. Actually, I don't want to say small trauma. It's small T trauma. So it's big T trauma and little tree, little T trauma. Why can't I speak today? Um, so little T trauma might not be trauma at all. It's basically what we perceived as trauma as children. It could be being rejected by a friend. It could be that someone just didn't respond the way you expected them to. And as an adult, looking back at that situation, you can see that it wasn't a big deal at all. But when you were like a little three-year-old child, it was such a big deal to you. And you, as human beings, we give everything meaning, particularly with ADHD, our brains work so fast. We don't even notice the meaning that our brains are given to these experiences. And then we put in place things to protect ourselves. Particularly with ADHD, we are more susceptible to small t trauma and big t trauma um the effects are much deeper this is because of something called rsd which is rejection sensitive dysphoria which is a part of adhd which means we take criticism to heart very deeply even if it's not criticism sometimes we perceive criticism and that's not to gaslight you because you know, you might be absolutely right that something's a criticism, but it may not be taken on as deeply or hurt someone as much when they're neurotypical. These are just general terms that I'm talking in. Also, we can have issues with emotional regulation and rumination. 
so we could replay a scenario over and over and over in our heads whereas some neurotypical people will just move on swiftly they'll be sad at the time they'll be hurt they'll be angry and then they'll move on to something else it won't replay for years like it does with us a lot of the time we can overthink on the opposite end of the spectrum we can not think at all so we we're quite big risk takers that's part of the search for dopamine here's an example so i cannot make decisions i'm absolutely terrible i'll agonize for hours over making the right and perfect decision and then it gets to a point where i'm just bored so i just want the dopamine hit so i'm just like i'm just gonna do this and really i don't know why i've made the decision i just pick one and i just jump in with both feet and that is quite a risky thing to do and when you do that as a kid or as an adult trauma can come from being an adult as well um you know, you can come up against criticism or rejection or failure. We do also have, as part of um, our ADHD, it's well known that we have a strong sense of justice and right and wrong, and that can lead us to black and white thinking. So you're either right or you're wrong, and there's no in-between. There's no room for grey. It just is black and white. And I think sometimes, me personally, I lean towards that because it gives me a sense of control of if I know exactly what is wrong and exactly what is right, I can always make a decision that's going to be right. But the truth is, life is grey. Generally, all of life is grey, except for the very extreme things. Over time, with all this happening, we develop limiting beliefs. We're not consciously thinking these things, guys. We're not consciously thinking these sentences that I'm going to say now out loud in our brain it's just a belief that we automatically work from our behaviors automatically come from them so it can be hard sometimes to actually work out what your limiting beliefs are until either someone points them out to you or you have a real time to sit and reflect so i'm trying to think of one of my limiting beliefs now um oh for example i always said i hate exercise I can't work out. I'm just, it's boring. I hate it. It's so boring. I just don't like exercise and I can't do it anyway. I'm a dancer and I can do dancing, but I just, I can't exercise. And I said it for years and I fully believed it. And I've never done exercise. And I used to worry about my weight, um, putting on too much weight because in my mind, I quote unquote knew that if I got to a certain weight where I couldn't get it off with only diet, that I wouldn't go and exercise because in my mind my story is I hate exercise I don't do exercise and then after my diagnosis you know what happens like your whole world is shaken because you've lived your whole life not realizing this fundamental thing about yourself and it kind of blew open my mind and the psychologist who diagnosed me was giving me tips and she was like exercise can help and I was like of course it does course exercise helps the one thing I hate and then I thought do I hate exercise because I've told myself my whole life that I'm completely normal and I'm just lazy and it turns out that I'm actually neurodiverse and I'm not lazy at all I'm actually a very hard worker so is that true is it true that I don't like exercise as well and as soon as I questioned it I was like I don't know why do I think I don't like exercise? Like what's made me believe that? And actually what I realized is my family don't really like exercise. Like a lot of people in the family are like, oh God, couldn't be running. Could you be bothered? All these people who do marathons, God, could you be bothered? And it's not right or wrong to like it or not like it. 
but I just realised I'd never actually tried for myself. I just told myself that my family all didn't like exercise, so I mustn't like it. But I'd never consciously told myself that. It was a limiting belief that was just in my subconscious for some reason. So I tried an exercise class and this was, mm, I think it's exactly a year ago, actually. It was November last year. And now if I miss a day's exercise, I really hate it. I really feel it. I love going to the gym. And I just, I've said it to Pete, my husband, a million times. He must be so bored of me, but I just, I'm still in shock. I'm like, I just never thought I would be this girl that enjoys going to the gym. That's like, I'm going to the gym at eight o'clock in the morning. Like that's just never been me. Never, ever, ever. In my mind, that's just not part of who I am. And now it is. And that's one example of a limiting belief, how they can hold you back in ways that you're just not aware of. And that's just a small example. Uh, Sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here and it's distracting me because my phone is making a funny noise and I don't really edit these because we all know if I try and stop to edit them, I'm probably not going to post them because, you know, hashtag ADHD, that's too hard. Another limiting belief that I had very quickly is um, after I had my son, that was the first inkling I had that anything was wrong, to be honest, was after I had my son because I found it quite overwhelming. But one of the silly things that really I just did not need to worry about but caused me quite a lot of distress was I didn't know how to dress anymore. So bear with me. Before I had my son, I had a strong sense of my own fashion and the things I liked to wear. I didn't really follow trends. I just picked the things I liked. And after I had him, yes, I had all my maternity clothes. My, my body was different. So I had to go out and buy clothes. But I had no idea what to buy. And it wasn't because I was a different size. I just didn't feel like I could buy the old styles that I used to like I was just like "Mm, no I'm a mum now and it wasn't conscious but I just for some reason I told myself mums should dress in this certain way but I didn't know what it was I just knew it wasn't how I dressed before I was a mum does that even make sense it was just like oh before I was a mum I could dress like sexy I'd never dressed particularly sexy but let's just say sexy or I could wear fun things or sometimes I'd wear like cute things like quite young and now that I was a mum I just felt like this responsibility to dress responsibly and I just had no clue what that was and I spent a lot of time worrying about it and I realized my limiting belief was mums should dress respectfully and why why (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. And it's not like I didn't dress respectfully before. It was just, it wasn't respectable enough. And then once I realized that makes zero sense, I obviously got it together and I could dress again. And mums are no different to other people that don't have kids. Like you can dress however you want. It doesn't make you a different person. Um, Another belief I had for a long, long time is salespeople are dishonest and bad. And then... I met my husband, Peter, who is a salesman and a very good one. And he works from home a lot. So I get to hear his phone calls and I get to see him work and him sell. And I just realized like salespeople are not bad. Some salespeople are. There's bad people. I don't want to say sweeping statement of bad, but you know, there's dishonesty in every industry. 
There is corruption in every industry. There are liars in every industry, in every walk of life. This sweeping statement of salespeople are bad and dishonest was, I mean, it was really hindering to my life, to be honest, because I wouldn't speak to people who were trying to sell me something. I'd be like, no, I was just trying to sell me something. Whether it improved my life or not, I was not interested. Also, wanting to be an entrepreneur myself, obviously there's an element of sales and I just couldn't get past the fact that no, I don't do sales. I'm not good at selling. I'm too honest. I couldn't do it. And because obviously if you have that belief that salespeople are bad and dishonest, you're not going to want to be one. So that massively held me back. But yeah, discovering the ADHD really was the thing that opened me up to ask myself, is this really true? Questioning my own beliefs of, is it true that salespeople are evil or dishonest? Well, my husband, Peter, who I love dearly, is not any of those things. And he's an amazing salesman. So that just can't be true. So that's the way that we break through those limiting beliefs. Basically, we identify them and we question them. So all you're going to do is look at one area of your life and ask yourself, what do you want to do that you're not doing? And that could be any area. It could be relationship, could be career, could be anything. What do I feel that I want to do? that I am not doing. Then you want to ask yourself, why? Why do I feel that I either can't do this, don't want to do this, or will fail at this? What belief do I have around this area that makes me feel it's not a possibility for me? And just have a think about it and you can write this down or you can speak out loud if you're on your own or if someone's there, that's fine too. but just try and get the thoughts out of your head because with ADHD, you, you mind moves so fast. Sometimes it's hard to hear the answers. So try to speak it out loud or write it down. What in this area, this thing that I want, what about it holds me back? Why can't I have it? Why can't I do it? What is my belief? And, once, and keep asking yourself why till you get that deeper meaning. And once you've found it, you want to really reflect on it and ask yourself, is this true? And your brain will come up with reasons why it is true. For example, if I was talking about salespeople being dishonest, I could probably come up with three to five experiences where that has been true. Um, And that's okay. You can acknowledge those experiences. We don't want to deny them like they don't exist. But then we can ask ourselves, is this always true? Are there any examples or experiences that have told me the opposite? And this can be, it doesn't have to be your personal experience it can be looking at a celebrity it can be an experience of a friend try and come up with evidence that actually this isn't always the rule it's been the rule in those situations but it's not always the rule and once you've found those examples question where did this belief come from is it serving me if I was to focus on these other examples where it's not true Could I move past this and do something that I've always wanted to do? Can I make positive progress, let go of this belief because I can see clearly here that it's not always true and push out of my comfort zone? And that's just a very basic understanding of working out what your limiting beliefs are and questioning them. them. And they don't always go away straight away. Sometimes it takes a few times, but a lot of times once you've identified that limiting belief, you realize it doesn't actually make any sense and it's come from something that happened when you were like 
10 years old that is completely irrelevant now and it doesn't correlate with your life at all. And it's just kind of like magic. Your brain in the background and your subconscious will just work through it and then you'll suddenly find that, oh, I can do that exercise class at eight o'clock in the morning. Believe me, the first time I did the exercise class at eight o'clock in the morning, I was not wanting to go. I really had to push myself out of that bed. But as little as like two to three classes later, I was loving it. So yeah, that's the way to work through it. Other strategies are free writing. So free writing is exactly what it sounds like. You set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes and you just write on the page and you don't judge what you're writing. You could literally sit there for 10, 15 minutes and write, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write over and over again. The trick is to just let your thoughts flow onto the page and you'll be surprised at what comes out, but you're not allowed to stop writing until that timer goes off. So you could write, I don't know what to write. Why am I doing this? This is stupid. When will the timer go off? Why do I have to do this? I don't know what to write. I'm not going to come up with anything. I'm wasting time. And then you'll slowly keep going on and on and on. And you'll come to something that you'll be like, oh, I didn't even realize I was thinking that. It's a really good tool. The other one I've mentioned before is talking aloud. One that I haven't got time to go into today, but I'd love to do a podcast on if anyone's interested in this, let me know, is EFT tapping. So you can go on YouTube and just put in, um, I think it's called Tap with Brad. Tap with Brad. It's an American guy. This is a technique that they actually use a lot on the NHS. It's, I've heard it's emotional freedom technique, but other people are calling it other things these days. Um, but it's EFT tapping and you just tap on various points of the body. They correspond uh, with ac- acupressure points. So when you go for acupuncture, with, which they do use on the NHS a lot, but um, infertility and things like that. Um, They do it on these certain points. So it's the exact same points, but we're just tapping on them, which means you can do it from home. And it's really interesting. You can do it on all different topics and limiting beliefs. And it really, really works, especially for ADHD. I find it very hard to meditate and I find EFT is like a way to meditate, but stay active so that I'm not completely bored. Um, Then meditation, If you can do it, it's really helpful. Therapy. For ADHD in the UK, they recommend CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. I personally don't think that's helpful for limiting beliefs unless it's from, unless it's a completely irrational belief or fear that you know where it's come from, whereby you've been attacked or something and now you can't go into the street or over your front door. I'm sure it's very helpful for things like that, but... CBT tends to deal with the actual behavior now rather than where it came from. Um, I prefer talk therapy or um, what's it called? Client-led. Hypnosis, there's, I really got into RTT by Marissa Peer. She does a lot of hypnosis, but I actually moved on from her to a lady called Natasha Bray, um, who does the same thing. She calls it heart healing hypnosis. Very good. Just general reflection books the book Chillpreneur which I've mentioned before from Denise Duffield Thomas really opened me up to um the idea of the rules of life don't have to be the rules it's a really good book um it's specifically for business owners and entrepreneurs but actually I just found it generally helpful to read that just because everyone does something one way 
doesn't mean you have to do it that way. She's a millionaire and she's done so well and she's got ADHD and she works in a really unique way and she's built up in life that way. And it just shows that you can do it a different way. You don't have to follow the rule book. Also, just a chat with friends is always good. It's it's great if you've got those friends that you can have these deeper conversations with. I love that. Events. Um, I went to Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within and it really just changed my life in a lot of ways. But it was very expensive, but I did think it was worth it. New hobbies without the pressure. So just picking up any hobby just for the sake of it, rather than this is going to be a business idea. Just something to pass the time that you've got scheduled in um, can really just free your mind up to come up with things. Take action that backs up your new realizations. So if I was just like, why don't I like exercise? And oh, it's come from my family don't like exercise. And really, that's not true for me. And then I never tried to go into the gym. Then it would just be a complete waste of time. I needed to back it up with evidence. I needed to go out and find out, do I like exercise? If I'd have gotten there, done a couple of months worth of exercise classes, given it a good go and then realized I'm not enjoying this, then cool, that's fine. That backs up that I don't like exercise and I can accept that and I can move on to something different. But you have to actually take action that backs up the belief you want to enforce and find out for yourself, is this true or not? Get the evidence. Daydream. I know uh, with ADHD, a few people experience maladaptive daydreaming, which is basically visualization, like law of attraction visualization, where you go into a world and you're daydreaming, try and daydream about the things that you want to break out of. It's a well-known fact these days that your brain does not realize what is real and what is not when you're using your imagination. It will react in the same way as if it's real. So if you realize something, I'm just going to keep using this um, example of exercise. If I realized, oh, maybe I do like exercise. Maybe some of my daydreams would be about joining the gym, going to a class, making a friend in the class, having fun, laughing while I'm doing it, um, that type of thing. Also watch inspiring documentaries. These are, well, it's like me reading Chilpreneur. So Denise Duffield Thomas is a lady with ADHD that doesn't follow the rules, that runs her own business. So for me, reading her book was inspiring for me because she's an example of what I want to be. If you can find documentaries or books or YouTube channels of people like that and make sure they're realistic people, delete any people. They don't have to be neurotypical, but if there's someone you're following that is neurotypical that you wish you were like, but it's basically like damaging your self-worth because you've tried and tried and tried and you can't live up to them. Please consider deleting them because it's not good for you. Find people that are like you, have the same capacity as you, and you feel like you do have the capability to live up to. I'd be inspired by them instead. Oh yeah, I've got a little example here that I've written in my notes. So Peter, my husband, he actually has his own podcast. It's a sports podcast that he started. I think he started it in lockdown, actually. He may have started it before. He's now a professional podcaster. He's really inspiring, but he is neurotypical. And he is definitely one of those people that doesn't follow the rules. It's not like he knows the rules and and ignores them and goes, no, I'm going to do it my way, like some kind of rebel. He just doesn't let not knowing the rules stand in his way. So, for example, on his sports podcast. Oh, it must have started before 
lockdown because when lockdown happened, there was obviously no sport on. But what they did, he he follows the team, the Miami Marlins in baseball. And because of COVID and they couldn't have the, the journalists and press come in to speak to the players, they did it all online. So they offered press passes out to like a press Zoom call thing. They didn't do it publicly. And Pete was just an amateur podcaster in England, nothing to do with any of the um, team, obviously, or any of the press people. But he just thought, saw an opportunity of, oh, well, if it's online, maybe I could be one of the people with a press pass and I could speak to the players direct over Zoom. He didn't know the proper channels to do that. I don't think he even considered what the proper channels were. He just decided to get on Twitter and message someone. He messaged someone in the press. I don't even know who it was, but he just private messaged someone on Twitter and was like, hey, I've got a podcast in the UK about the Miami Marlins. Can I have access to the press Zoom calls? And the guy just said, yeah. <laughs> and that was that. He was, And he was the only one allowed. After that, they didn't accept anyone else any other like amateur podcasters. So there he was speaking directly to the American baseball players and the coaches and uh, with all the main press people. And a few of his friends do podcasts for other teams and they were like, oh my God, Pete, how have you done this? How have you done this? And like, they were all flabbergasted because they've been like trying to go down the proper channels and applying and trying to get to a certain level. And he was like, oh, I just asked. I just went on Twitter and I just asked. And I think that's a great example of sometimes we can overcomplicate things. I know I in particular, and I do, what's the word? Attribute. I do attribute this to my ADHD. I tend to overcomplicate things and want to find the perfect way to do them and do it right and not embarrass myself. So I would never have done something like that. Pete wanted to do something, wasn't scared to be told no or to fail. He just asked and sometimes that's what you've got to do. You've got to throw the rules out the window and you've just got to make it simple. So I hope that's helped. If you've got any limiting beliefs you want to share or if you've found this helpful and it's helped you to notice any or break through any, please do share. I'm over on Instagram, Facebook and I'm at ADHD Fest. I'm also on TikTok. I keep forgetting to say that. I'm on TikTok as well. ADHD Fest. A-D-H-D-F-E-S-T. Um, so yeah, come say hi, like, subscribe, please remember to download um, so you don't use up all your data and I'll see you all soon. Hope you have a great day. Bye.